This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Season 3, Episode 52, continuing our preview of AESLD's upcoming The Liver Meeting 2022. Plus, from the vault, a conversation from our Liver Meeting 2021 coverage that takes a look at NITs and the role they might play going forward. This conversation starts with Ian Rowe referring to the previous conversation, which ended focusing on posters that describe ways to utilize AI or other analytics of items in the basic medical chart to predict NAFLD. Ian likes the idea of, as he puts it, putting as few barriers as possible in the way of primary care. He talks about FIP4 as an excellent frontline tool for primary care initial triage for that reason. He also discusses the value of BMI as a superior predictor instead of more complex measures and recalls Stephen Harrison's KISS principle as a goal. KISS is keep it simple stupid, although Ian doesn't use the stupid. Staying with BMI, he knows that patients will be referred for obesity if their BMIs are high enough, regardless of whether they exhibit proven NAFLD or not. He then describes the process the NHS and the UK used to select reimbursed programs for community weight loss management. And he suggested for the most part, we should just simply allow patients with obesity to be treated for weight loss and keep it simple. Kiss again. At this point, I look at the clock, decide we should make that Ian's closing statement and ask the others to close on a similar question. What can we do to drive NAFLD care and screening to primary care providers without burdening them further? Listen for a range of interesting answers. Our last three episodes of the podcast provide a pretty robust preview of what we are about to hear at the liver meeting starting Friday. Actually, by the time these post, we'll be well into the meeting already. So listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. Ian Rowe. So I've got a series of interrelated thoughts about the last three abstracts now. I guess my thoughts about those ones is we should probably try and put as few barriers in the way for primary care as possible. And I agree with Marsden that using commonly available, frequently measured variables is the way to go. Anybody who's looked at ECGs and people who've got a high BMI know that the complexes get smaller. And a lot of me wonders whether the AI that's trained on the ECG is simply just a proxy measure of BMI. And if it's as good as BMI, why not simply use BMI? You know, that's a sort of example as to where making this issue more complicated than it needs to be is a good one. We need to keep it simple in primary care. Stephen's not here, so we should just remember to keep it simple and I'll not repeat the second S. But that's the way to practice and or to encourage practice in primary care, make it as easy as possible and show everything's got, got high value. And then the question is what you do for those patients where you identify metabolic risk factors and the presence of NAFLD. You know, and we've talked about using non-invasive tests for risk stratification, but we've also talked about diet and weight loss interventions. And the answer is that all of those patients get referred for a weight loss intervention regardless of whether they've got NAFLD and fibrosis or not. And the way to come back to the talk about the sort of Noom approach, the way that that was addressed in the UK was to do large effectiveness trials of existing providers, which at the time was Weight Watchers, I think is worldwide, and Slimming World, which is more of a UK intervention. And they demonstrated effectiveness and then they were commissioned by primary care services to deliver weight loss management in the community. And I think that's really where we've got to go. I think there are important questions for a NAFLD population population, you know, whether one diet is really better than another in terms of reducing lower fat and reducing the rate of progression of fibrosis and possibly also the safety of substantial and rapid weight loss in the cirrhotic population. But otherwise, I think that we should learn from existing data where it's available and encourage large-scale trials in patients with obesity and, if possible, measure liver parameters. But if not, just let them get on with it and know that those interventions are effective for weight loss in the population and use those before we do anything else. So I'm going to uh, take moderators 
prerogative. And I'm going to make that Ian's closing comments. I'm going to make the thing I said before that my closing comments. And I'm going to ask closing comments to center around this issue, which is what can we do best to drive care to primary care in a way that they can manage and they understand why they need to be doing it more aggressively than they have in the past, which is kind of where we've been for the last 20 minutes in different shapes and forms. Louise, Jeff, Mazen, Yorn, go ahead. Louise Campbell. My comment on that would be having recently been to a primary care meeting, liver was not represented, as I said the other week. If we are not where primary care meet to find out new innovations, what's important, where commissioners are there, where other farmer are there, then from what I saw, primary care do not believe liver is a problem because we do not turn up at their sessions. We invite primary care to Arzal, to Easel, to these meetings. But if we do not, as a community, turn up in their space when everybody else is pitching for their time, for disease is a big picture. If we are not present where primary care meets and see what is the coming way, we're not going to breach the barriers there. And I think we need to, as a community, look at our strategy to incentivize primary care that liver disease is a problem to them. Jeff McIntyre. Okay, I'll jump in there, Roger. There's a couple of different directions that we could come at primary care from. Certainly, if and when there is a drug approval, I'll feel like primary care physicians will feel like that they have something that they can prescribe against at that point or maybe get into the chain of care, the pathway of care a little more easily. I do feel, however, that this is one of those issues that's raised quite often without a plan, if you will. Primary care needs to be involved and it's often, it's not quite finger pointing, but it's like we've got to do something to get primary care more involved. We need to be, as Louise said, where primary care is. And it tends to be a bit of a scattershot approach in this way. And I want to shout out especially, and I think he's been on the show here, Michael Patel from the Fatty Liver Alliance in Canada, who is going to be holding the very first NAFLD and NASH Primary Care Summit in December. I'm speaking at it. And I'm sure a few other folks here are probably involved with it as well. It's addressing a criticism that I've had about this, is that our approach about it has been scattershot, is that we need to do something around primary care. But most of what we have done around primary care as a field has been to say we need to do something around primary care. And there hasn't really been a strategy about it. There hasn't really been any sort of effort to consolidate our talking points, our strategy, to bring them in, to sell them on why it is, to see who's going to be the best to make that point. I would argue from our perspective, it's probably going to be a patient organization like GLI, that we're the ones that can raise the issues because we're the through line and we're the working partner throughout all the stages of this in the field. But there's also an important place for payers to be in that discussion as well. And so to me, that's the one thing, if I had to land on one thing, as you asked there, Roger, it would be that we need to have our stuff together a little better as a field addressing primary care. And I'm hopeful that this conference that Mike is putting together will be a first step in that. Mazen Nuruddin. This was very helpful today. I look forward to the meeting. Thank you, everyone, for the discussion. I wanted to point out to you an oral for therapeutic agent us called HU6. I don't have time for that, but it's a mitochondrial uncoupler. I think it has great results also. It will be presented in the ASLD. Thank you, listeners. We will post the number and time on that when we post this episode. Yorn? Closing comment? Jörn Schattenberg. I think we've deliberately left out the therapeutic sessions a little bit because we've covered them earlier. The last abstracts we reviewed on natural history and NITs is so exciting. Uh, we're linking that to outcomes even more now. There was a lot of data on that on Easel and Jeff, Ian, and Louise pointed out that's crucial. And I agree with Jeff that we have to engage those outside of our field to really be able to provide liver health at a level that's meaningful for the society because uh, we can do so much and define optimal cutoffs for an MRE-based test but that's not going to 
reach the patient in any time soon. So we really need to raise awareness and define a pathway using something that's applicable in the in the respective system. Thanks, Jorn. Um, so with that, let me wrap this up. Um, as several of us have pointed out, you really need to take the last three episodes as a whole. Three episodes ago, talked about late breakers for this presentation, this meeting. They're about therapeutics. There's a bunch more therapeutics in the meeting, exciting drugs and development and more work. And then these last two have talked about everything else we've got to do besides simply bring drugs to market to make it work in terms of treating this disease and getting ahead of the pandemic. We're recording live episodes next week on Monday and Tuesday before the events start. Get them out sometimes during the day. Some of these folks will be with us for one or both of those. And uh, I will be here for both of those. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back Monday and Tuesday afternoons Eastern U.S. time with daily review episodes, Monday for the weekend and Tuesday for Monday at the Liver Meeting. And we will have a summary of key points from those two episodes on Wednesday evening. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We look forward to seeing you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.